Hello and welcome back to Podcast Interference. It's been a couple of weeks, but we've had the draft, and it was uh, it was an interesting one, really. Very defensive. How did you uh, how did you find it, Jack? Were you surprised with where people ended up? Do you think this compares to to last year's, or is this just a a bit of a weird one? Yeah, I think as a on on the whole, I don't. It wasn't the most exciting draft. Um... I did fall asleep around pick 26, so that tells you everything. <laughs> um, um, but I think, yeah, in general, it was very defensive. Um, obviously, for us fantasy players, it wasn't the most exciting, but there was still some interesting picks in there. Um, there was also some picks, Malik Willis being one of them, who I, I really didn't expect to fall that late, but we'll discuss that today. So, yeah, good draft, but I think everyone will admit it's not the most exciting uh, from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I mean, Malik Willis, as you say, is probably a big one for us to discuss in a, in a little bit, but it was just, yeah, very, very different. I suppose we only really had two running backs on our radar, really, um, going into it that we thought would be would be top picks. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, Brees Hall was picked at the start of the second round. Kind of was also picked uh, a little later on, but um, yeah, it was just it was just uh, surprising to see where where people ended up, and um, I know that the top three wide receivers for each of us have have changed. Well, have maybe changed order, but they've not yeah. slipped beyond uh, where they were. Um, but I think their landing spots. I can't really say that I'm happy with any of them. So I guess no. <laughs> I guess we'll dive in and we'll start with with our respective number one pick. Now I've obviously gone Brees Hall, and I imagine you've gone the same. Yeah, Brees Hall. Um, that that didn't change for me. He was he was far and away our number one last week. Um, I know the Jets aren't brilliant, but like no matter what, you have to respect what they've done this draft. They had a really good draft. Um, they're obviously committing to Zach Wilson for at least the next few years. They're getting him those weapons. Um, Hall was obviously amazing in college. Um, can receive out of the backfield as well, which is obviously which is great. Um, so great draft for the Jets, and you know the volume's going to be there week one. So it, it's hard um, to not put him first. I would imagine almost everyone would would agree with us in this aspect. Yeah, I think it's a general fantasy consensus as well that that Hall is the number one pick from this year. He is probably the the standout. He's he's quite a significant way ahead of other players in this draft. Um, you know there is a big discrepancy between the one hundred one and the one hundred two. Uh, whereas you know there's there's barely any difference between the one or two and the one or five, so there is a steep drop off, um, definitely. Um, but the other thing to remember as well with with Brees Hall's landing spots at first, you probably think oh the Jets that's you know that's a terrible landing spot, but their O line is is pretty good. I think uh, it, it, it was is. around twelfth in the league last year, uh, so above average uh, O line, which is is great. And obviously, as you say, you've got Zach Wilson, who's been heavily invested in. It's not just Brees Hall he's receiving as a weapon, but he's also got Garrett Wilson as well. Um, you know, the Jets draft was... It was, it was spectacular. Yeah, they, they did yeah. They did really well. And I, I'm not willing to say and, and put my name against saying that uh, they are what <laughs> we thought the, the Bengals were becoming last year uh, just yet, but... You know they're, they're trending in the right direction. Let's say uh, the Jets, and I think it's it's an exciting time to be a Jets fan. There might actually be some finally some. You know, <laughs> they might end the year with a winning record, even which would be incredible. Um, <laughs> so number two, I imagine we're going to start deviating here. If you want to head head on with your number two first. Yeah, I've um, I've got Kenneth Walker at two, um, running back. Um, obviously went to Seattle. Um, I do really like the landing spot. Um, I think in general, again, I think the volume will be there pretty much instantly. Uh, Seattle's always been a culture of sort of good running backs. Um, and I think, you know, with, with Drew Locke, they're going to want to do that again. Um, I know Rashad Penny is still there and he sort of popped off towards the end of last season, but he, he has, I don't, he's, he's been, you know, he's been made of glass for the last four years. So I don't think um, Penny in general will, will impact him too, too much long term. Chris Carson, I think, is probably done. So I think whether it's week one or, you know, maybe by mid-season, I think Walker will be the RB1. Um, and the reports out of camp are he has, he has started well, um, catching the football as well, which was obviously our big negative on him when we discussed him a couple of weeks ago. So I think if he sorts that out, I really like him at two. 
Yeah, I, I, you mentioned there the, the pass catching. I think that's the reason I currently have him at number five. And I just think that he edges behind the top three wide receivers for me just. But as I said mm-hmm. uh, said before, you know, the difference between the one or two and the one or five is is marginal in this draft. It's, it's very close. Um, I wouldn't be unhappy with Kenneth Walker on my team. I just feel like no. his ceiling is capped a little bit. Especially yeah, in comparison no, to, to Hall. Even in, if in training camp he does start improving his, his pass catching, it, it's not something that he has been doing. It's still a new thing to him. He's not going to be perfect at it just yet. It'll take time. Uh, and, I mean, the quarterback situation in, in Seattle, I mean, I wouldn't really be trusting anyone to throw to the ball, throw the oh, ball God, to him yes. anyway. So, As a Broncos fan, I can, yeah, I can... Uh, attest to, to Drew Locke not being not being the best. Yeah, yeah, the def- <laughs> you guys definitely came out better in the, uh, the switcheroo with with quarterbacks <laughs> from that kind of perspective. Um, so my number two, and this is one that I've, it's been very hard for me to settle on a number two, and for the longest time it was Drake London, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to stick with Drake London. Oh, okay. Um, out of the three wide receivers, uh, the three best wide receivers, as, as we've as we've kind of stated before, he is my favorite, and he was my favorite. Now, Traylon Burks, I think, landing at Tennessee is a great landing spot for him. His comparison profile is AJ Brown. So you know they traded away AJ Brown. AJ Brown mm-hmm. has gone to the Eagles. the uh, The Titans get Burks in to replace AJ Brown and he is basically a slightly younger version. The issue we yeah. have with Burks is we don't know if he is AJ Brown. You know, AJ Brown is a is a talent <laughs> and a very yes. good one at that. Um Traylon Burks might not be. And in fact, all chances are he's not going to be as good as AJ Brown because very few people are. So I really liked Traylon Burks's landing spot, which is why he's at three for me. But Drake London was just he was my favourite wide receiver. The more I think about him landing at the Falcons, the, the less I feel like it's a necessarily a bad thing. He's going to be competing for targets with Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. and that's about it. I don't like yeah. the quarterback situation, obviously. <laughs> no. Mariota's not not great. Um, no. I imagine he's probably going to get replaced <laughs> before too long. Um, but still, uh, there's no like there isn't a good quarterback situation there. But I do feel like London's good enough that he's. He's such a powerhouse. He's so demanding. Like yeah, he can make guy. himself so big. You know, he's a, he's he's the kind of wide receiver you want with a lesser quarterback because he is. Yeah, he can make those tough catches. Exactly, he can help out, and for that reason, I just feel like he's going to be fed this year because he is going to be the outlet, and I think that that's going to really drive his value up. I don't think Calvin Ridley is coming back to the Falcons. I think after his suspension is no, over, he's made it quite clear he doesn't want to be there. I don't yeah. think he'll be returning, which means London is the locked-in wide receiver one. And I think if you head into this with the mindset that you know Ridley isn't coming back, mm-hmm. London is my clear number one. Well, I say clear. It's not clear at all. It's very difficult. But London is my number one. <laughs> if you come into this with the mindset that Ridley's coming back, I would take Burks over Ridley uh, over London. Sorry, that's kind of mm. where I'm sitting at the minute. So yeah, that's my number two and number three is uh, London, then then Burks, which obviously means that number four for me is uh, is Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just discuss them all at once. I mean, yeah, I've got I've got London as, as at the minute as as my number one receiver as well, um, slightly ahead of Burks, and then again slightly ahead of Wilson. Um, for similar reasons that like you mentioned, um, I just there is something about London. He's you know he's he's six four. He's he's an absolutely massive receiver, even with the Falcons sort of, I would imagine probably going to be quite inconsistent quarterback play. Yeah. Um, for this season, like like you said, he is there is no one really there competing for targets apart from Pitts. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if 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 year one he does make a massive impact. Um, whether they sort it out this season, you know, maybe Desmond Ritter, um, you know, proves his worth, um, or the Falcons, you know, draft next year in the twenty three class and sort their quarterback situation out. Then I think London is is good enough to to sort of start making an impact week one, no matter who the quarterback is. Like you said, for those reasons, he's a massive, he's big body, makes tough catches. Um, he's going to be a deep threat straight off the word go. So yeah, he, he's slightly ahead of Burks for me. 
Um, Burke's very similar to AJ Brown, almost identical. They're both, you know, 6'1", 6'2", 225, you know, fast guys. Uh, but yeah, you, you can't make the comparison just yet. We need to see him play in the NFL first. AJ Brown is obviously, you know, a top 10 receiver in most people's eyes. Um, and then just after that, Garrett Wilson, again, well, these three could be a, could be the flip of a coin sort of thing. Um, Wilson goes into a great situation. I think he'll probably surpass Elijah Moore. I don't know what yeah, you think about that. I'm with you on that one, I think. Yeah. To draft him so highly, to put this level of stock into him, it's, I can't see Moore winning out the wide receiver one debate on this one, to be honest, as good as Moore is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, completely, yeah, completely agree. Um, which is sad. Moore was brilliant last year, um, but you know it just means Wilson has a, a fantastic one-two punch um, to try and sort of prove himself this year. So yeah, Wilson, Burks, and London. I, I, I would, I would. They might even change for me over the next four weeks. That's how close it is. But yeah, that's my that is my one through five, and I guess you've got Walker at five then. Yeah, he's he's just a little he's just a little behind just because of the the lack of pass catching. I think I'd rather mm-hmm. take a chance on one of these wide receivers who are, as you say, not necessarily going into the best situations, but given their profiles, given how That's good they are, yeah, and given the longevity of the wide receiver position as well, I'd rather. If I had a top four pick, I'd rather take one of those guys and know that they're probably a locked in starter for the next three or four years as long mm-hmm. as they're playing well, and we don't have another sort of, dare I say it, uh, rugs situation on their hands. Um, <laughs> y- yeah, you can be pretty confident that they're going to be good. Kenneth Walker, I think he's going to be solid. I just feel like his ceiling's capped, which is why he's at number five for me. I just think he's he is at best a J.K. Dobbins, and I think he's he he's the potential to be worse than J.K. Dobbins. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, J.K. Dobbins isn't a big factor in that catching game which limits his ceiling as well but he is still mm-hmm. such a good running back like you can't question his ability he will be very no. good and as i say non-ppr leagues it's almost a no-brainer but in ppr leagues that it just makes such a difference um and i think to be honest ppr is going to really push these wide receivers up because they are going to be each of them the primary target for their team and they are going to receive the yeah, volume especially most the, of them Definitely the yeah. likes of Burks and London. I think they're gonna we're gonna see a similar thing to how I would imagine it went last year with uh, Jalen Waddle. Obviously, a lot yeah, of his his point point values come from just the sheer volume he got. Um, we don't really have a Jamar Chase this year. I don't think. No, no, yeah, completely agree. I don't think there's a there's a Jamar Chase in there. Um, I think a lot of these receivers will have consistent seasons, but yeah, I, I don't think any of them will you know, end up in the, the top five overall receivers um, at the end of the year. So, yeah, completely agree. Yeah. Okay, so we head down to number six. So who do you have at six? Number six, probably one of my, one of my favourite landing spots. Um, I, I've got Sky Moore at six. Okay. Um, I think, you know, as a receiver, you, you can't really fall to a, a better position than, than playing with Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, he's got the vacated targets of getting Tyreek Hill out of there. Um, I know they signed Smith Schuster, but for me, he's he, he's he's over the hill. He's pretty much done. Um, I don't think he'll be too much of a factor. Um, so, although I think the three receivers we've mentioned previously might have a little more talent, perhaps a little more upside, because of Moore's landing spot and just at the sheer volume of, of targets, I think he'll get year one. It wouldn't shock me if more out of everyone finished as the top rookie receiver, if that makes sense. Yeah. Just purely because of the landing spot. He's a quick guy. I think he'll replace Tyree Kill really well. Mahomes is, for me, still the best passing quarterback in the league by some distance. Um, I think they'll bounce back this year, so I think more could quite easily finish as the top. But I appreciate there's there's no guarantees and his talent's just a little bit lower than the other guys. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I'll address my my thoughts a little more and more, I guess, once we get to him. He's not at six for me. I do have at six, however, Chris Olave. Um I had him rated quite highly going into the draft anyway. I think his landing spot, to be honest, uh it's it's a good landing mm. spot because of a few reasons really. I think he's gonna have the likes of Jameis Winston just slinging the ball all the time. Uh, Jameis is probably going to get maybe four interceptions a game, but he is going to get 
an incredible. As long as some of them go that way. Exactly. He's going to get an incredible <laughs> amount of, of yards as a result. And I think the guy who's going to be picking up on that is Alave. I can't see. There are there are rumours that Michael Thomas's injury is still. You know, he's his yeah. rehab hasn't gone to plan. He might not come back the person he was. And yeah, I feel like you know a young fresh receiver in Alave. There's no reason why the Saints wouldn't try and sling it to him. So I think he's, although he's going into this team as probably the wide receiver two, I, I think he could probably be in the wide receiver one conversation depending mm-hmm. on what happens. And for that, and the fact that I rate him as a player more highly than the likes of uh, sort of Jameson Williams and Sky Moore is why I've got him at number six. Yeah, I mean, he's not too much far behind for me. I've got, I've got him at seven. Um like you said, you meant you mentioned Winston. He like for for all his flaws, he he does put up incredible fantasy numbers even on the season. He got the the thirty interceptions. So you are right. I think I think Thomas is it's uncertain. And um, personally, I don't think he'll be back. And even if he does, I never think he'll be back to his sort of hundred and fifty cap best. Um, so I think you are right. Probably towards the end of the year, maybe even quicker. I think Alave might might creep up that depth chart as the wide receiver one. Um, as good as Winston is, I, you know, he's, he's still pretty inconsistent. And obviously he had the injury last year as well. So I think that's probably why I've got more slightly ahead of him. But if, if Winston plays all season again, Olave's numbers could be through the roof because he just, yeah, he, he's not afraid to sling it. Exactly. So uh, number seven for me, I have Sky Moore. So he's, he's, he's not slipped too much, as you say. Uh, basically echoing in your opinions, I just think that he... With a bit of luck, he can show his dominance. He will obviously be competing with Travis Kelsey and, and Smith Schuster. Kelsey's probably the biggest, the biggest threat. I think Kelsey is going to be essentially the wide receiver one of the Chiefs this year. Um, insofar as you know, I know he's a tight end, but that's probably where the volume's going to go. He's he's the last mm-hmm. solid piece of the offense that that Pat Mahomes still has. Um, so I can't see him having a having a down year. I think. No. I think this is almost Kelsey's probably last. Maybe you can't write him off. The guy just seems to keep getting better. Um, but you know he has to have a decline at some point. I feel like this might be one of his last big years. It's definitely a year to uh, to to be the owner of Kelsey. I think because given the yeah. given the situation with that offense, you know he's he's the guy you want. And and yeah, Sky Moore heading in there. He's he's going to be good. I think he's he's. He needs to be good. Uh, the the Chiefs need yeah. a, a receiver now more than ever, and and he's fulfilling that position. So yeah, I've I've got him rated quite highly, mainly just due to his landing spot, which kind of leads me quite nicely onto uh, onto number eight for me, and that is uh, Christian Watson, who's who's yeah. obviously landed at the Green Bay Packers. Again, I didn't really know too much about Christian Watson. I won't lie, going into the draft, um, he's not really been massively on my radar, given that he was after kind of the top sort of five or six receivers for me. Mm-hmm. So it, it's mainly a, a just a fact that there is a huge gap at wide receiver on the Packers team that needs to be filled. Christian Watson is filling it. You've got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers who is, you know, one of the best of all time. All time. Yeah. He's, you know, as long as... He's going to make Watson's life easier. You know, having a quarterback of that caliber is going to make your job easier as a wide receiver. So... If he becomes the favoured target, if you even look at, you know, you just look at Devontae Adams and even if you reduce Devontae Adams, like, points per game by 20%, you're still looking at a top calibre wide receiver on your yeah. team. And that's kind of what we're probably going to be looking at with uh, with this guy, with Christian Watson. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more. Like, similar to Sky Moore, obviously. With someone like Rogers throwing in the ball... Again, I can see him making a massive impact year one. Um, he's quick. He ran four three six, which is amazing. So he is he is that deep threat. Uh, Rogers makes everyone he plays with better. Um, so I th- I think Watson will be fantastic. He's not like you said. He slipped under our radar because he wasn't. He's not a talent as as the other guys. You know, if, even if this had been someone else, if you get drafted to play with Aaron Rodgers, you you're gonna get targets. Um, there isn't really much else on that offense. So I think. Again, it wouldn't shock me if he did finish this year ahead of the other guys. I think in terms of week week one, year one impacts, I think him and him and Sky Moore are, are two for me to definitely watch out for. 
Yeah, definitely. And then we move to number nine, I think it is for me, which is, well, it'd be remiss of me to uh, to not mention a quarterback, so I'm going to throw Kenny Pickett in here. I think his landing spot is pretty damn good. It was the best landing spot for any uh, prospective quarterback, I think, was the... Yeah. Um, was heading over to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They needed a quarterback. They got one. Uh, the weapons at the disposal uh, of the Steelers quarterback are pretty phenomenal. You've got, obviously, Najee Harris out of the backfield. You've got the likes of Deontay Johnson, who is, to my mind, one of the most underrated wide receivers in the game at the moment. I don't know why people are so down on him. He is a fantastic receiver. Um, you know, they, they obviously drafted Josh Pickens as well. Um, they've They've got... They've got all kinds of weapons ready, uh, ready at their disposal. Pat Freemuth as well. Sorry, keep forgetting people. Yeah, he so, came on a long way. He really did. He was a, probably one of the better picks, uh, well, the best tight end pick last year. Um, so yeah, great, great team, great situation to walk into for a, for a quarterback. And I think that Pickens, as as we were saying last week, is the most refined of all the quarterbacks in this class. Although we were saying that Willis has obviously got the most upside. He's got That's the highest super. ceiling. Uh, we were saying that Pickens is kind of the more NFL ready of them all. He he is the the most disciplined. So yeah, I think if you're picking him up at number nine, you, you should be pretty happy that you're getting a decent quarterback. I think his ceiling is capped. Uh, he's not the most mobile, and I don't think he ever will be. But you know, he's still able to move when he needs to. But it's that refinement that really just sets him sets him above uh, above the rest of this class as bad as this class might be <laughs> yeah I couldn't agree more I've, I've, I've got him at 10 so he's still in my top 10 uh, for a lot of the reasons you mentioned it is a great situation um, he's, he's certainly going to start at some point this year whether that's week 1 or after Trubisky inevitably bottles it I think uh, like you said great weapons uh, receiving and G Harris young running back as well the Steelers' defense is always is always up there as well, so you know it's nice to have that to fall back on. Uh, so I think he can have um, a good career. Like we said, he's not the most exciting, but in general, this this sort of class wasn't. He's not the most mobile. Um, you are right, but he can shift when he wants to. I remember watching the play last year where he he basically fake fake slid and then halfway up, sort of. I don't know how he did it, but came back up and then ran for a touchdown. <laughs> so he can do it. He can do it, which is interesting. But yeah, I think I think he'll probably be starting by week six, um, and seeing how far Willis slid, he, he, yeah, he's no doubt the best the best quarterback option in the draft, uh, especially this year. Oh yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna be. I imagine he'll be starting fairly soon. I can't see Trubisky, you know, staying ahead for too no, long. Um, definitely not. So he was your number ten. My number ten is, uh, Jameson Williams. Yeah. He was my nine. Um, we were talking a little bit about this, weren't we? This week, how the word on the street is that he's uh, he's a bit of an awkward bugger. Yeah, <laughs> um, to put it mildly, which, yeah. <laughs> you know, is is kind of that's red flags. The same can be said about George Pickens as well, um, which is one of the reasons why he slid off the bottom of the top ten. Uh, he would probably be my number twelve, George Pickens, if if we were to go that far, but. Yeah, he's still very good. He lands at the Lions. Not a great landing spot. Not a great quarterback situation. Um, he will affect Armand Rasen Brown's value. There's a lot of talk on Dynasty Twitter about how Armand Rasen Brown is just going to weather every storm that's thrown at him. But you would be naive. I don't buy it. You'd be naive to think <laughs> that that's the case. I, you know, when you're drafting someone in the first round, Jameson Williams is going to be their wide receiver one. Um, Armand Rasen Brown will be the wide receiver two. It's just. They wouldn't devote that much uh, draft capital to somebody, um, I don't think, otherwise. So it's it's an interesting situation for him. It's not ideal. Um, if he starts throwing up a bit of a fuss behind the scenes, that's obviously not going to float very well with the Lions coaching staff. It's just a bit of a strange situation for him. I, I, I wouldn't... You know, I I don't like the Lions. That they just no. it's <laughs> nobody does. It's, it's just you know they have they have some talent there, but it's just very difficult to uh, to really see them coming to fruition. You know, you look at the Jets this mm. year, and I'm quite excited about the Jets. I look at the Lions, I'm still not quite excited about the Lions. So it's he's somebody who I wouldn't particularly want to draft uh, this year. Mm. Not to say he's not a talent. He is a good player. He's a great player. 
Um, it's just that situation, man. It's probably the worst of all of them. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think in terms of talent and athletic upside, I mean, the numbers he put up last year, obviously, in, co- in college were, were crazy. So in terms of talent and upside, you know, he'd, he'd be further up my board for sure. But obviously, yeah, with the with sort of the off-the-field issues, the fact that a lot of people are saying he's a bit, yeah, like you said, a bit of a bit of a dick, then <laughs> it's not really... It's, it's not really ideal for Dynasty, certainly. Like you said, he is going to be the wide receiver one. There's no way they'd trade up. They traded at, what, 20 spots to get him? Like, you, you, you don't do that if you're then going to go, oh, yeah, Amon Ra, you're still the number one. So, yeah, Amon Ra St. Brown's um, sort of production is definitely going to be affected. Not to mention they also brought in DJ Chark as well. And then they've got Hawkinson, Swift can catch. So, yeah, St. Brown's definitely going to, numbers are going to come down. You've got to remember Williams also is recovering from ACL injury as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he'll have the biggest impact year one. But I think if he can sort of sort himself out, and I think the Lions long-term will probably draft a quarterback in the next couple of years because um, obviously Jared Goff is not their long-term plan. Um, so I think once they've got that sorted, they've, they've got a pretty, a pretty good young offense. You know, similar to like we said with the Bengals and the Jets, it's just, yeah, that quarterback situation isn't, isn't great this year, unfortunately. So, yeah, I would... I would probably steer clear myself at the minute as well. I think this is one of the things to consider, though, is is Goff going to have his job this time next year is the question that you need to ask yourself. I think when you're looking at this from a dynasty perspective, and I think the answer is probably no. Yeah, um, agreed. They're probably going to have a new quarterback, which does mean that if they get a good quarterback, you know, Williams' value goes up astronomically um all of a sudden he starts to look much more into you know exciting so i guess there's a level of risk here that you have to factor in yeah that's um, a perfect way to describe him and i think it's a safe bet to imagine that goff is not going to be playing next year so you know i think if you're if you're drafting around spot seven spot eight i, I would say you probably could be forgiven for taking williams especially if you already have a pretty fleshed out team maybe if you're mm-hmm. a contender and you're just looking to bolster yourself for a you know you don't need the bolstering this year you're looking at the future he probably is quite a good pick for longevity because he is a good player um but for this year you know if you are if you're needing some help at the wide receiver position i just don't think he can find it in him this year just because of the quarterback he's playing with um so that rounds out my top 10 i think that rounds out your top 10 as well um yeah, Williams at nine, Pickett at ten. Yeah, that's that's ours. Cool. So, I guess, shall we have a little run through of any other notable players? I suppose that weren't in the top ten that are worth worth just mentioning. Um, yeah, of course. I guess. Yeah, I think we'll talk about the big one first, shall we? Yeah. Let's talk about Malik <laughs> Willis. So, I had him at number two going to the draft. Uh, coming out of the draft, he's down at fifteen. I would say for me. <laughs> Uh, so it's a huge fall from grace. It's the biggest drop out of anybody uh, worth thinking about. And, and yeah, mainly due to the fact that he just slid through to the third round. He's, uh, he's obviously with the Titans, which isn't a terrible place for him to be, but Tannehill is signed on for another two years. I think uh, guaranteed money as well. There would be 18 million dead cap if they were to let go of him after the end of this year. So they're not going to let go of Tannehill, I don't think, anytime soon. I... I would be very surprised if we see Malik Willis start more than five games potentially. I think that would be uh, that would be surprising to me. Unless Tannehill goes with an injury, I don't think we'll get him starting more than five games in the next two years. Uh, he might participate in games. He might you know be subbed in, but I can't him starting more than five. He just yeah. immediately just drops so far down. I don't know if the Titans staff have got the patience with him either. You know, if he'd landed with someone like the Steelers, they would be able to refine him, make him a better quarterback. I don't know if the Titans have yeah. that have that yeah. in their locker. I don't know if they're willing to invest in him that much. Yeah, I think the the issue is with the landing spot, like you said, is you know Tannehill's obviously the clear QB one. Uh, I think that the, you've got to bear in mind the Titans are in win now mode as well. Um, you know, Derrick Henry isn't getting any younger. Obviously, they've they've, they've lost AJ Brown. 
Um, so I, th I think they really want to and think they can win something now. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd be shocked if Willis starts at any more than sort of garbage time games if they if they've sort of already got the division wrapped up by week fifteen or sixteen, for example. And it's a shame because obviously, like we loved his ceiling, uh, the athleticism, the running ability. Um, but yeah, he just plummeted so far. Um, I didn't expect it. There was a lot of teams I thought. Would have taken him, you know. Seattle being one of them, for example. I thought they were, yeah, were desperate for a quarterback. I think that before the draft, I'd have said, yeah, definitely have Willis over Drew Locke. But yeah, slipping to the third round for me is yeah, it's, it's such a massive drop, and it's a shame because I I do fear now, like you said, with the Titans having two years left on Tannehill, I feel I feel like he probably could just slip into you know being a being a career backup almost. Yeah, I mean, there was always that risk with, you know, coming from Liberty, um, how raw he was, kind of coming out of college. Yeah. I just think, I suppose we look at this from a, a fancy footballer perspective and we see the, the points in, you know, flashing up in our eyes when you, when you get a decent rushing quarterback. And I think we got a little bit too excited by it, to be honest. Um, I think when you know we don't know as much as the NFL scouts do. They're paid a lot of money for the job that they do. The fact that no team took him before round three, mm -hmm. it says a lot about what they think of him as a as a prospect. I just feel bad for the kid though. You know he was in the green yeah. room waiting on on day one, and they didn't call his name out. And they didn't call his name out until the end of day two. So it must have been pretty crushing for him, especially you know given that there was a lot of hype about him, but. Yeah, he's just not a safe pick. There is no way you can take him in the first round, uh, put it no. that way. Um, so another player I think I'd like to mention uh, is George Pickens. I think his he was another mm. guy, and I, I know last year in the podcast here I had him as my wide receiver three. He's dropped a fair bit since then, but he's still, he's still up there. I think the injury obviously hasn't helped, but going to the Steelers I think might be good for him. Um, he's joining a, quite a packed offense anyway, so he's going to be challenged for, challenged for targets. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's necessarily going to be a, a fancy viable asset straight out of the gate, but I'm looking forward to see how he how he integrates and you know as time goes by. I know that uh, Deontay Johnson's coming to the end of his contract. Who knows whether he'll stay with the the Steelers or not? I think if he were to move on, um, and I mean he's a great asset. To, to any team he would join, but I think that would immediately put Pickens, uh, put him up the, up the pecking order, let's say. So, as I said, I had him at 12. Um, I think he was, in my opinion, the last good pick in this draft. I think after... Yeah, after that, it does after drop that, off a bit. It's, yeah, I'm not too interested in, in many people after that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I guess I'll, I'll mention a few sort of, I guess, sleepers then. Because, um, like you said, it does it does drop off after that. Um, I, I've the two two of the picks I'm going to mention are, are both Atlanta. Um, I, I do think I do like Desmond Ritter. Um, after we sort of did our last episode, I went back and watched some sort of some highlights of him. I think he's he, you know he's a really good college player. Um, I think the opportunity. I know he went sort of later in the draft, but I think the opportunity is there for him. I can't see Mariota completing the full season. Um, there's just that's just not going to happen. So yeah. I think Ridder will get his shot. Um, so I think, you know, as, as a later round pick in Dynasty Leagues, I think he's definitely worth a pick up. And then another Atlanta pick, uh, Tyler Algier, is it? Um, running back, oh. um, BYU. Um, I'm seeing him mentioned on a lot of people's feeds and stuff. Great college player, you know, 2,700 yards over his last two seasons um, with 36 touchdowns and he can catch it as well. Um, he walks into a situation where I know Cole Darrell Patterson's probably going to be the RB1 and the wide receiver too. It's a weird situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <I> <laughs> th <laughs> but, you know, he, he can't do everything. So I think Algier, um, even though he was picked up fifth round, I think I think could have a sort of year year one impact and, and, and maybe lock lock up a decent spot on that Atlanta team. Yeah, no, that's a good, good spot really. I think, you know, the Falcons are in need of people at practically every position. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah they'd probably be... Uh, They're hoping to hit on all of these picks. <laughs> definitely. I guess it's probably maybe worth mentioning the guy who's my uh, running back three, that's James Cook, who, uh, yeah. who obviously went over to the to the Bills, I think. Buffalo. Great landing spot for him. I don't think yeah, he's massive. Dalvin. He's not his brother. He's not going to be... Uh, he's not going to be as, as explosive or as 
you know, he's not going to be an every down back like Dalvin is. He's going to be more of a third down sort of player. He's good. He's good as a receiver. There is value uh, being in that position in such an explosive offense as you have with Buffalo. So I think mm. as a kind of, you know, an RB3, RB4 sort of backup guy, flex guy, he's probably yeah. worth having. But I just can't see him being. He's yeah, he's not another Dalvin. No, yeah, completely agree. Like you said, he, he he's more of a he's more good out of the backfield, which I think, like you said, is is good on that offense because I mean, obviously with with Singletary and, and and Zach Moss, they don't really have much of a run game, and um, that doesn't involve Josh Allen. Um, so I think he could have some value. Like you said in PPR leagues, he caught twenty seven passes for just under three hundred yards and four touchdowns his last college year. So that you know that's pretty good numbers. So yeah, I think he will have some value, but yeah, certainly, uh, certainly don't expect him to be Dalvin. Not many people are Dalvin. Yeah, that's very true. Um, <laughs> so I guess that that summarises uh, our thoughts on the draft. But it's probably the time just to have a little look at our, our home league, our home dynasty league, and and see what what went down in in the uh, first round because there was there was a fair bit of uh, action. There's some action, really. Some action, some trades. Yeah. yeah so we we kicked <laughs> off with. Number one pick, uh, which was mine after I acquired it in quite a, quite a significant trade, uh, flipping Patrick Mahomes for a number of firsts and uh, Mr. Kirk Cousins, your favourite player of all time. Uh, so I I obviously picked Brees Hall with number one. It was a, it was a no brainer. And then the clock uh, the clock started with Sam. Now we both thought I think that Sam would go Kenneth Walker, given that his team is. Very needy uh, as far as the running back position is concerned. Yeah. He didn't. He went for trail on Burks, which was surprising because at the time of the draft, our draft, which was just last weekend, I was trail on Burks was my number two, and uh, mm-hmm. it it panicked me to be honest. I didn't expect Sam to take through you a bit to take yeah. Burks. Um, what do you think to the choice from from Sam's point of view? I, I don't think it was a bad choice. I think he's got a very valuable player out of it, but for his team, I'm not sure whether Walker would have been better. It would have filled more of a need, I think, for him. Yeah, I think I think certainly. Yeah, like we said, it's it's not a bad pick because Burks is obviously probably going to be a fantastic player. Um, but I think you know if he was thinking this year and the next couple of years, look looking at his team, a, a running back certainly would have been. Um, a better pick. I, I appreciate, like, if I was at two, it would have been, like, it's tough to, like, at the time, it would have been tough to pick Walker over Burks, I think, because Burks is, from a talent perspective, I think, a little bit better. But, yeah, team needs, I think, I, I'd have gone with Walker, probably. Um, especially when, did did Sam also get, did he get Robert Woods off you, or am I making that up? No, he did, yeah. There was a trade, I think, so he's, yeah. a little later on. It wasn't the later same day. The day, I guess. But, um, yeah, so he does have Woods, who, you know, he's going to have another good couple of player, good years, but obviously he has two, uh, two Titans receivers now, on, which is quite a heavy run offense. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, good good pick, but I think, yeah, I think running back had, had certainly have been a wise choice. I mean, he might be playing the long, clever game here because if if Traylon Burks is is the next AJ Brown, obviously he's in for a treat. He is, and he's also got a locked-in receiver for the next what ten years potentially. Yeah, um, very true. And you know he has Devonte Smith as well, mm-hmm. so he's got two two fantastic young receivers. Obviously, we all want we all, especially me, want Jalen Hurts to get better at throwing the ball. And so <laughs> Devonte Smith's, uh, <laughs> you know fantasy value will increase as well but I guess because Burks will be more relevant for longer for mm-hmm. a team that is looking to rebuild especially where the running back's concerned Burks could be flipped you know in a year or two's time especially if he explodes for a very good running back so, yep. so I don't necessarily think Sam made the wrong choice I feel like his need at running back is greater than at wide receiver but Traylon Burks looks like he's going to be pretty damn good and his value as as I said before I think is slightly higher than that of Walker's so if he's going to use him in a trade I think he would probably get more out of Burks in a few years time than he would out of Walker who is going to you know the the wheels will fall far sooner of course so then we moved on to pick number three which was me I was on the clock and uh, I decided that I would trade back so I probed Alex uh, who had pick number four 
uh, and he also had pick 12. I had pick 3 and pick 15. I didn't really... I do value London more than Wilson, um, but I would have been happy with either. I didn't think the difference in value was that great. So I would, you know, as I said before, I think after pick 12, there's a big drop off in this draft. So knowing at pick 12, I could get the likes of, you know, George Pickens or um, Dotson or, you know, maybe even more if, you know, people weren't really paying much attention. <laughs> I traded up from the 15th overall pick to the 12th overall pick whilst trading back from the third overall pick to the fourth. As it happens, Alex decided to draft Garrett Wilson, Garrett which, you know, not a bad choice by any stretch of the imagination. So Alex took Wilson, which left me with one of the three top wide receivers that I had fallen in love with, so I took Drake London. And I have to say, I'm not disappointed with that choice. I feel like I, I got some good value out of that. I got a player that I'm really happy with. I could have taken, you know, if I'd had the second pick, there was a chance I could have taken Drake London with the second pick. Uh, so the fact that he fell to me at four was great. But as I say, I would have been happy with any of those three. That's it, yeah. A shrewd bit of business from yourself. Um, yeah, good pick for Alex. Um, Alex, obviously, as we know, has got a very strong team. Garrett Wilson adds to a very stacked roster, uh, including the likes of Cooper Cup. So, yeah, good, great pick for Alex. Uh, and like you said, you you were happy either way. Uh, as we've discussed today, I, I do prefer Drake London. So, I think you've got a, you've got a good a good long term option there. Yeah, I'm hoping that it it proves to be the case. So, then we moved on to pick number five, which was Lewis. And uh, Lewis took Kenneth Walker, which, you know, was the logical choice, I think, at that position, given that he'd fallen that far. Yeah, I think I think once you get to five and you look at the receivers left and obviously the quarterbacks on the board, I think, yeah, Walker was the, the only pick Lewis could really make. Um, you know, having him as his, as his RB3 behind, you know, Jonathan Taylor and Christy McCaffrey, you can't really go wrong with that, I don't think. So, yeah, good pick for Lewis, and he's he's got a pretty decent running back core there. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, he's getting yeah he's getting sneaky good as Lewis. I think he's going to be a bit of a dark horse this year, and he might come out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> Just the quarterbacks that are dire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm with him on that one. I'm not too happy with my own quarterback situation. So, <laughs> um, who is next? Was it Rohan? Yeah, Rohan at six, um, and he went for Jameson Williams. Yeah, which is higher than both of us have him, um, mm-hmm. but. You know, Rohan, as as we've you know we've had him on the show before. He's massive into his his college football, so he's watched Jameson Williams far more than I imagine both you and I have. Um, and he might he might feel like there's uh, there's a little bit of magic there. Yeah, I think like yeah, like you said, Rohan obviously watches the college game a little bit more than we do. Um, and I think as we discussed earlier, Jameson Williams' college highlights are very good, so I can certainly see why Rohan might have him ranked slightly ahead uh, of where we have him. I think, like we said, it's I don't think Williams is going to be an instant impact, but long-term, if he does live up to those those college highlights, I think, yeah, Rohan's probably, probably on to a winner there. Yeah, and then we move on to pick number seven, which was Kieran, um, and he took Chris Olave. Yeah, I think I, I think if if I was in Kieran's position, I'd have probably done the the same thing. Um, obviously Kieran's there, uh, as we've discussed with your trades, Kieran's pretty set at quarterback now. Uh, so I don't think he was ever going to take Kenny Pickett. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think a lot of it makes sense. Uh, Kieran's got a great young team now, uh, and a lot of it will only add to that. So yeah, I think this is yeah spot on pick from Kieran. And then we move on to pick number eight, which is Elliot. And Elliot took Kenny Pickett, uh, which. Yeah, I think that was a a good choice for Elliot, um, who is you know he has aging quarterbacks yeah, currently. He does obviously have Trey Lance on the bench, who once he comes out to play, I think you and I are big Lance believers. Um, yeah. He's he's probably going to be very very good, um, and I think Pickett, as we say this year, he is the best quarterback option. I don't know whether team need was there for for Elliot to pick him, but. Um, I think Elliot will definitely benefit from any, you know, if he tries to flip any of his quarterbacks to the likes of, I don't know, myself or Lewis, for example, mm-hmm. he's probably going to get some nice value back. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, I think, like you said, with the ageing, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tannehill, um, and then obviously Lance, we're not sure what's going to happen there. I think I think it was probably the right move at the at 
that that the pick he had. Um, he's he's got very good running backs and receivers anyway. So I think taking a shot on Pickett, um, only makes sense even if even if it doesn't help him instantly. And then you had pick number nine. I did have pick number nine. Um, took Sky Moore. Um, I was when I was I was sat there. Obviously, we were. Eating a lovely lunch, weren't we? At the we time were of the draft. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, which everyone was really happy about. Um, and I, I was watching, see what Elliot would do. I think if Pickett had a fall, and I probably would have taken him because I did, I did like him at that point. But I am very happy I got Sky Moore. Um, I think landing spot as we've t- talked about was amazing, uh, and I think he will. Not that it'll be Jamar Chase for me, but I think he will be. Uh, have a really big impact on my team uh, straight away. So yeah, happy I got him. But I would have, I would have taken Pickett had it gone the other way. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, the the, I think your decision had been made uh, for you really by the Pickett selection. And uh, finally, we had to pick number ten, which was Tom, and he took uh, Johan Dotson. Yeah, um, I, I think again with with what's left on the board, I don't think it's a bad pick. Um, I think I might have leaned towards um, Christian Watson, perhaps, or even Pickens. Um, Dotson, although he's a he's a very polished prospect, I, I don't think he's in the greatest situation at the at, at the Commanders. Um, obviously, you know Carson Wentz. Who knows what's going to happen there? Yeah, <laughs> you, you just never do. Is he going to be injured week one? You you just don't know. So although he is a great player. I, I think situation-wise, I think I probably would have gone with, uh, with Watson or or Pickens. I think. Yeah, I think I think I would have gone with Watson for sure. Pickens, I might have just taken Dotson just before Pickens potentially, um, but yeah, Watson was a a great piece that went into the early second round. And I guess it's just worth mentioning what happened there because a, a fairly significant trade happened. So there was a trade for the uh, the number. 11 pick uh, which was James's pick so James traded away the uh, the 11th overall pick to Elliot and Elliot traded uh, quite a big money piece in DeAndre Hopkins which was quite shocking to to us all but at the time at the, t- at the time <laughs> um, but somehow Elliot must have been uh, he must have had some inside He's information got in the DMs, aren't he? he does and uh, you know mere hours later um, <laughs> Hopkins has been suspended for six games, yes. so uh, so it seems like in hindsight, Elliot's move was actually genius. When at the time, I thought that it was ludicrous. Um, but Christian Watson, I would say, is a top ten pick this year, as as we've said earlier in the show. So it, you know, I think Hopkins is an aging receiver. There's no two ways about it. And now he's got yeah. Hollywood Brown to contend with as well, who is. I've always liked Hollywood Brown. I know he had a few terrible drops last year, which really upset me in my uh, in another league. But you know, he I, I do think he's a good player. But I think that that competition now is is starting to ramp up with the uh, with the Cardinals wide receivers and Hopkins is, as I say, an older piece. Watson has landed in a great situation. Rogers yeah. is tied into playing with the Packers for another few years. If Watson becomes the next Adams, Elliot might have done an exceptionally good little bit of business there. Yeah, couldn't agree more. At, at the time, I almost spat my drink out. I think, um, but yeah, as the as the news rolled in me hours later, um, I think, uh, yeah, I think long term this is going to look like a genius bit of business from Elliot. Um, obviously, yeah, Hopkins suspended, no losses there for him, um, and yeah, Watson with with that situation he's found is going to make make an impact pretty quickly. Uh, and like you said, with with Rogers signed in for the next few years. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Watson's the the wide receiver one for the next few years for the Packers. So yeah, great, great pick, great trade. Yeah, and then I guess we round it out with the twelfth overall pick, which was the one I traded up for. Obviously, I chose George Pickens at that George point. Pickens. And uh, yeah, I, I I feel ashamed to say it, but I wasn't really interested in the rest of the draft because I didn't no. care after that <laughs> point. It was uh, a significant drop off. I mean, Malik Willis might end up being pretty good at some point in the future. I might be completely wrong about him, but. It's just dart throws after that point. I think it is very much you're just hoping that something good happens out of not so great situations. I suppose. Uh, yeah, yeah. After that, there is, there isn't many pieces worth mentioning. Um, like you said, Willis. I think you know if he starts, he could be good. Uh, we've mentioned Desmond Ridder. 
Um, we haven't. I don't think we've talked about any tight ends in the last two episodes. But like Trey McBride, uh, James picked him. Um, by far and away the best tight end in the class. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know the Cardinals have obviously re-signed Zach Ertz to a fairly big deal for two years. Um, but I think by then McBride will will be ready, and I, I think he probably will make a make an impact after a few years once Ertz is sort of um, over the hill or retired. So I think yeah, McBride's a good. Good pick. Um, won't make an impact straight away, but great hands. Um, some argue the great best hands in the draft. Um, so I think yeah, McBride's a good a good pick for a few years. Yeah, sounds like a good assessment. Uh, so I guess that rounds out the show for today. Um, we will be looking to try and get a, an episode out maybe every every fortnight up until uh, up until the season starts again. So we'll have a, a variety of topics. Um, obviously, dynasty is our main focus, but we'll probably have a look at redraft as well and just maybe draw some more top 10 listings obviously a lot of things can happen between now and the start of the season i think uh, just as a piece of general dynasty advice is just to remember that the team that you have right now isn't the team necessarily that you're going to have in three four months time a lot a lot can happen um so just keep that in mind and if you are heading into rookie drafts just maybe consider consider team need uh, that is an important thing, but as I think Sam taught us, team needs not always the the key thing to think about. Value at the position is probably the best thing you can look at because if you draft a, a more valuable player, somebody else is going to be upset about it and they're going to potentially pay above and beyond for that player. So mm-hmm. just keep keep in mind that, as I say, until that week one game begins, your team right now isn't the team that you'll be playing with. Um, unless you you make no trades and, and make no effort to make any trades, um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll get back to you with a little bit more uh, in a couple of weeks' time, and we will try and get Rohan back fairly soon as well to uh, to have a a far too early forecast for the twenty twenty three draft as well. Any closing thoughts for today, Jack? No, just yeah. Again, thanks for thanks for everyone who's listening. Uh, just to echo Connor's statements uh, with Dynasty. Um, yeah, it, it's a long-term thing. Um, just looking at my team now, I think there's only about four players I had left from our original draft. So That's crazy. If you, have a, if you have a few bad years, don't get disheartened. Make some shrewd trades. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you on the next episode. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.